we're live. And we're live. Woohoo! So today we're going to be talking about busyness and how to manage it. And then we're going to talk about attaching intelligence to your identity, what that means and how to avoid it. And then we're going to be talking a bit about workplace friendships, the good ones and the bad ones. Are there bad ones? I mean, they shouldn't be your friends if they're bad ones. I mean, maybe more like relationships with your bad managers <laughs> i was trying to tie that whole segment in. <laughs> yeah yeah cool sick <laughs> we're keeping that one in okay <laughs> <laughs> workplace friends that i hate <laughs> i hate it when people just talk about how busy they think they are oh my god Like, it's so annoying. I know. (laughs) Like, they act... It's not even the fact that they're busy. That It's just, like, they act like they are more busy than everyone else. Yeah. And then they use that as an excuse. Yeah. To, like, get out of stuff. I was talking to someone about it. How I have to do, basically, five different jobs that are a result of, like, people leaving the team and all of that stuff. And this person was like, oh, I'm just so busy. I've just got so many clients. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I can't really relate to that. But, um, I mean, doing five jobs is pretty intense. She's like, yeah, I'm just so busy. And I'm going away and she's so busy. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's that tone of voice, isn't it? It's just that almost condescending way well, that they... That's all they talk about, though. Like, yeah. they always just talk about how busy they are. Yeah. Like... Okay, yeah, I get it. But do you have anything exciting to talk about? I think that's the issue. Like why it bothers me so much is that it's so self-centered. Yeah, for sure. One of my pet hates. It's not really a pet hate. It's just a pure dislike. (laughs) Is selfishness. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a core pet hate of a lot of people. Surely. Surely. Like when you're in a conversation with someone and they just don't ask any questions. But it's hypocritical because there are some people who will be like, oh, I hate it when people are so selfish. And then all they talk about is themselves. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> can't relate. But yeah, busyness is one of those things. When I used to work in the government, busyness was kind of like what you would aspire to because that would mean that you're more important than somebody else. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, oh, I'm so busy. I've just got so many meetings. And it's like... Mm-hmm. Bitch, you're just being inefficient. <laughs> like, why don't you send emails instead of going and attending these meetings and wasting two hours of your day talking about something rather than doing something? Right. Were you ever one of those busy people? No, I never was. I remember being in the public sector and wanting to be involved in those meetings because it meant that I was important and that, and that importance meant that I was smart. And so that was the biggest issue for me was that um, that sense of busyness was associated to importance, but it never it never actually was. Like now that I've evolved and I'm more mature and understand more as an adult, um, 
I, I know that it just means that they were being inefficient and then padding up their calendar with meetings so that they appeared to be busy. Um, and how did you go from kind of feeling less than because you weren't involved in those meetings and stuff to where you are now, where you kind of feel like you have more of a purpose and more of an involvement? It was more of a learning process. So I had a really good mentor and she she helped me to kind of understand that I was worth more than what I perceived in that situation. And so that kind of gave me the courage to kind of leave that job. And then I just worked on my thesis for six months, finished that, graduated, and then jumped into another job, which I was not very happy in. And I only lasted there about a year and a bit. But that helped me to kind of uncover that I could kind of do it without the support. And because that that was my biggest concern was that I was like, oh, maybe my growth will stop when I don't have that constant support Mm -hmm. and constant mentoring. But it actually gave me an opportunity to kind of stand on my own two feet and understand that I was worth more. And then moving into this job, I was like, oh yeah, I can do this shit. Yeah. I, I can, I can make this happen. Um, and so I think it just takes time and I think it just takes good people around you to help you recognize that you're worth more than what you think. I think that is the culture in public sector is that um, the higher up you are, the more important you are. And I remember because I was like a lower level than certain people, like even my manager would talk down to me. Like she would say things, but then her behavior would contradict what Mm. she was saying. It's like, oh, I really value you. But then she'd do things like not invite me to meetings because I wasn't lower level and she wouldn't let me speak in meetings because she didn't think I could do it. And so that kind of played into my belief that I wasn't worth anything and I wasn't smart enough. And when you're freshly out of university, like the biggest thing that you struggle with is imposter syndrome. It's like, okay, I've got this degree. Now what the hell do I do with it? (laughs) Yeah. Am I capable of implementing all the knowledge that I have into the real world? When you have all those things put onto you and the emphasis on your, the level and how much you get paid is equal to your self-worth that doesn't help someone who is already doubting themselves. And I think that for me, now that I look back on it, I can see it, but when you're in it, you don't see it. And so you attach, well, I attach my self-worth to my intelligence. And that was probably one of the biggest things that I've had to overcome in the past few years is understanding that I'm, firstly, I am intelligent. And then secondly, that my intelligence doesn't define me. So, yeah, I think that's that's always been one of the biggest things that I struggle with. And I think a lot of people actually do struggle with that because even if it's saying, you know, my biggest fear is failing or looking like an idiot or all of that's attached to your intelligence, right? Yeah, I totally get that. I guess one of the biggest insecurities for me, um, which was amplified as soon as I started my own business, was... Uh, kind of confidence and looking like really that fear of looking really silly um which kind of ties into that whole idea of intelligence I started this business and I had the degree behind me and I had the experience behind me and I had the know-how behind me but I still just didn't think that I was good enough to be able to give out advice and manage people's social media and so I feel like that doubt 
and everything has played a really big role in um, stopping my advancement in my business because I've kind of had meetings with potential clients and they've asked a question and I'm like, oh, maybe I actually can't do that. (laughs) When in reality, I can. And I know I can. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is like what holds most people back is that they're like, oh, can I, can I do that? And I think I don't want to stereotype and we're not going to go into it today, (laughs) but I think that that's something associated to women. Yeah. It's something that's like, oh, I, I don't know if I can do that. So maybe I should be honest about that. Whereas men are just Mm. like, "Mm, I can probably wing it. Let's just do it and find out how to do it later. Yeah. And that's kind of been the approach that I'm now taking. It's like, what's the worst that can happen, really? Yeah. It's like, I can try. And then if I mess it up, I'll learn from it. I might get in trouble, (laughs) but I'll learn from it. And then I'll just get better. What about you, Gabby? Like, how do you feel about people seeming important just because they're busy? What are your thoughts on that? I think it annoys me because, like, I don't doubt that people are busy. Um, But also for most of my adult life, I've worked three-ish jobs, give or take. Um, And so I've kind of learnt to juggle all these different things and be able to manage all of these different jobs in different areas and then still have time for people. Um, And then when people approach me and they're like, oh, I'm just too busy. I'm like, are you like, (laughs) if I can do three jobs and still catch up with people, what are you doing wrong kind of thing? (laughs) Learn time management. Yeah, I think, yeah, I used to associate it with being like, oh, you're so important. But now it's like, Dude, you're so bad with your time if you can't. Like, uh, how aren't you balancing this? Like, maybe you need to delegate more, or maybe you need to reevaluate your priorities, or maybe you need to focus your business. Because being busy doesn't, to me, it doesn't demonstrate like expertise or anything. It just shows that you're a hot mess. Like, you need to just pick your shit up and fix it. Yeah. Like, busy is good. If like you're actually achieving things, it's like, okay, yeah, I was today was really busy because I ticked off like 10 of my to do list things. Yeah. Not like, oh, I'm just busy. Just so busy. Like, oh, I just can't even sit down and think I'm so busy. Like <laughs> that. that's not to say that I'm not guilty of that because I've totally done that. I've been there um, and kind of used that in, as an excuse. And it feels bad to say it. Like as soon as I say it, I'm like, oh, okay, probably should fix my life up (laughs) (laughs) well now that now you say it it sounds like really judgmental but yeah like there's always going to be busy times like that last couple of weeks of semester or end of financial year like the specific times of the year that you're always going to be busy every business owner is going to be busy yeah always um and so like if that's how you answer the question sometimes that's fine but i feel like if that's kind of how you're generally answering that hey how are you statement then and like you said before, it's the tone. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, I'm just so busy. Like, okay, girl, so am I. Yeah. Like that kind of, oh, you just wouldn't understand kind of thing. Yeah. I yeah. think that's, that's the tone. Right. 
let's step it back a bit and let's be a bit more practical about the busyness. So time management, right? I reckon. Oh, yeah. What do you do for time management? Um, so this year, one of my New Year's resolutions was uh, to get more on top of my time management. So I have started using my calendar a lot, my good old iCalendar. Oh, I love that thing. I live by it. Amazing. Everything is in the calendar now. Yeah. If I don't, it's so bad. If I don't put something in, I will, every time, I will double book myself for social events. It's 100%. really bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. So I've started using my calendar a lot. And then at the beginning of the week, whether that be Sunday night or Monday morning, I'll print out my calendar and having it physically in front of me makes it easier to kind of approach the week and be like, well, this is what I'm doing on Tuesday. Uh, this is the amount of time that I've got to get from one place to another. And I'll also have a to-do list on there. So I kind of just tick things off, all the events, uh, tick them off as I go through, tick off my to-do list. And ideally by Friday, everything should be ticked off. So do you put in things that you're like supposed to do? So if you're like, you block out two hours for um, content creation. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got all those, um, I set aside time for engagement with my different clients. I set aside time for different meetings and face-to-face interactions and things like that. And then setting aside time for like travel and going for a run and things like that as well. So my whole life is on that calendar. That's really good. Yeah. It's working. (laughs) Yeah. And you've started it from just this year? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of found last year that. I was just living off to-do lists and I was finding that I was adding more than I was ticking off and it wasn't really benefiting me that well. Yeah. Calendar is definitely the go-to, I think. Yeah. Do you do to-do lists as well? 100%. Yeah. I yeah. freaking love to-do lists. So good. I um, am guilty of writing something on my to-do list that I just did and then crossing it off just to (laughs) feel good about myself. Satisfaction. (laughs) Yeah. Recorded the podcast. Tick. (laughs) Drank coffee. Tick. (laughs) Got to work on time. Half a tick. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) uh, that's like barely a point. (laughs) I am notoriously late. (laughs) I run by Gabby time, so I'll consistently be 10 to 15 minutes late for everything. Everything. Yeah. Except client meetings. I do try my hardest (laughs) to not be late for those. Wow. I think that's another thing as well for time management is reflecting. It's good for everything really, but taking time to reflect on how your last week went and then what are the things that you could improve on and make time for. I think that's is really good because it gives you the space and mindset to move forward. So when I do that in the morning, I find that I'm more, relaxed okay which kind of explains like the past week i've been pretty good you have been pretty relaxed so is that what you've been doing yeah i've been running ish running and reflecting run walking run walking and reflecting (laughs) (laughs) that's more like it can i confess something 
I hate reflecting. Do you? What I, do you mean? I like even like even through uni, you, you know, when you had to like submit an assignment and then submit a reflection on how you did. I'm uh, like, yeah, that's like an entire psychology degree. FYI, is just reflection. It's like, I did amazing. Like, what else do you want me to say? <laughs> Why don't you tell yourself this though? Like I am amazing. Like when your client asks you something and they're like, can you do this? And you're like, yeah, I'm amazing. (laughs) Channel that, like channel that in energy. I I guess. But like just the idea of like walking in complete silence and reflecting, like I don't think I could think of anything worse. I'm like, cool. I had a pretty terrible week. I'll just drink more coffee this week or something. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, you really are so bad at reflecting. I really, like, that's not really the purpose. I dude. really don't dude. like reflecting. I've never found a point to it. That's really fascinating though, because you're an introvert like me. Yeah. And reflection is something that is just, it, well, it should be like introverted intuition is meant to be where that reflection point is. And so People do that, like they have to physically make time and space for that. Whereas I do that naturally. And I assume that that, because you and I are the same MBTI. Yeah. And I assume that you would be the same as well. But maybe you think maybe you hate yeah. reflection, but you just do it. Subconsciously or something. Hmm. Like when you, well, you wouldn't be able to. Like car drives, you listen to podcasts, walks, you listen to podcasts. <laughs> Is there any time when, like, do you listen to podcasts and you don't even think about your own situation? I feel like I find if I get too caught up in thinking about my own situations, I'll like go into that overthinking worst case scenario kind of mindset. And so that might be why I try and avoid it as much as possible. Mm, that might be something that. I need to see a psychologist for. <laughs> <laughs> or just overcome. Like, oh, yeah. You just take it, takes time and practice. Like, I still overthink everything. Yeah, I, I think I just don't know how to do it well. And so I just don't do it. <laughs> but, Gabby, that's where the growth comes from. I can grow just fine. Just drink more coffee. Yeah. We'll work on it. Okay. We'll work on reflection. Cool. Because I think. I think it is beneficial, particularly like not overthinking something, but just understanding like where you can learn and develop and move forward in a positive way. So I think that's like reflection isn't supposed to be about ruminating on something that you did poorly. Yeah. And I feel like that's where I kind of fall short a little bit. I'm like, why would I spend time looking at things that I did badly and kind of manifesting on that do not do that (laughs) that is not what i'm telling you to that's that's essentially rumination so you're then focusing on the negative and then just sitting in that feeling of like and that then would play into you're like oh god i did something wrong and then i'm a failure and i can't do it yeah but reflection is like okay you can feel that emotion but you need to be able to move forward but through learning and that's where your growth comes from is like okay I did wrong there and I feel terrible but then what am I going to do differently and how did I learn from that experience I think that's the part where reflection comes in sounds good 
<laughs> you're like, nah, screw it. I'm going to keep listening to podcasts. <laughs> so this is just Gabby ignoring my <laughs> advice. You know, this friendship's going real well. Amy is a very knowledgeable person. Uh, <laughs> so you should all listen to her advice and start reflecting a little bit more. Yeah, except for Gabby. Gabby is prone. I'm just amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Look, that's very valid. But even the most amazing people still have room to grow. That's true. (laughs) In in my head, like, reflections, like, let's look at all the things you did wrong and highlight it. And make sure you don't do it again. Yeah, that's like step one. <laughs> what like, else are you supposed to do? Step one and then step two is like, so you, you sit in that emotion and you feel it. I don't want to feel that emotion. <laughs> but you feel it like without even wanting to feel it. Like, because you make a mistake and you're thinking about it for the rest of the day. Like, you're like, oh God, I, I made that. Like, oh, I made such a fool of myself. And then you're already feeling about it. Yeah. Like, that's not the thing that helps you to grow. It's like. You need to just be like, okay, I'm, I recognize this as being the feeling like I feel frustrated or I feel sad or I feel embarrassed that about that mistake. But then you step it up to the next thing. It's like, okay, I understand that I feel embarrassed because of that. But what is the one thing that I could change if I ever am in that situation again? And so like, that's the next step. So it's like the step that you hate is the one that's feeling uncomfortable, which everyone hates. Yeah. They don't want to ever feel like sit in that uncomfortable feeling of being a failure. But if you've already done it, can't hurt you again. It's already happened. But how do you change it for next time? Sorry. That's the slight coming out of me. That's okay. Reflection can be about like, what do I want to do with my life? And then, like, what's the road that I want to take? And then um, one of the biggest points of reflection was, like, like having an existential crisis. Like, what do I do with my life? And then, like, I want to run my own business. But, like, that's not all my life is going to be. And I need needed to realize that it's, like, I needed to take time to travel and to put energy which I definitely already do is energy into my relationships and friendships Mm. and I think that's the biggest thing that reflection helps you to do is refocus yeah that's important yeah so it's not always going to be about negative things it's that's one point that you can use reflection for but it's really for about anything that that you just don't understand and you need to think about it's just about giving yourself breathing room and time to think about a particular thing that's what reflect well that's what reflection is to me no i actually think that's really helpful that makes more sense than write a 10 percent paper on how you could do this better in the future yeah yeah that's not really beneficial <laughs> not really yeah i didn't understand why there were so many like my brother had a couple of engineering assignments that was a and then a reflection one and he's like what the hell (laughs) how am I supposed to reflect I'm like just talk about teamwork and how you reflected on your strengths and weaknesses like that's all I want to know yeah but that's not the purpose that's not what real 
reflection is about. It's more a conscious decision to take something that you're struggling with to understand it in a practical way. Yeah. And then inform your next steps. So enough about internal. Yeah. The whole reflection on yourself. Reflecting on time management and how you can control everything. Let's talk about support networks and workplace friendships. Ooh, that's really interesting. That's something I love. Well, obviously, you did a thesis on it. I did. I wrote 50,000 words on it. Gosh. That's how much I loved it. <laughs> um, and what I found was workplace friendship had a positive impact on job engagement. So that means that people were more motivated in their jobs and more willing to um, get involved and do well in their jobs. And that in turn then impacted how satisfied they were in their jobs. So the better at the job you are, the more happy you are. And that's a result of the friendships that you have. Interesting. So, yeah, I remember one of my first jobs at Australia Post. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) yeah, so cute. Uh, I would like sort the mail and stuff, but we'd work in this team together and I hated the job so much. Like it was night shifts and... Like, I had to wear steel cap boots. Like, I don't look good in steel cap boots, man. <laughs> it, it just wasn't – it wasn't fun. And they're heavy. And I'm just – anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> and, um, so, I, I didn't really like the job, but I liked my team. And every time I was paired with that team, like, we'd had so much fun. And I remember when I was coming up with the topic for my thesis, I was like, that's really interesting that I – hated my job but I really liked my team and that kind of kept me going and so I wanted to delve into that a little bit more and yeah that's what I found and so I think when you're dealing with so when we were talking about how I overcame linking my intelligence to my identity uh, a support network was really important for that and I think that's still true for like a lot of things like dealing with positive and negative experiences at work it's always nice to have a friend and a support network there to contribute to that happiness as well like because they will encourage you to take the risks and they'll make you feel supported even if your manager doesn't and so that's I found that as well was pretty prominent throughout my career was that even though my manager wasn't the best I had people around me who then supported me and they made the work okay yeah I feel like it's a really common thing like every time you talk to someone you're like how's work and they're like oh I hate my job but I work with some really good people Mm. that's like such a standard response so I'm so not surprised that that's what you found because yeah it makes complete sense you have you have many workplace friends I used to work at Woolworths and I had uh three shifts I worked on a Wednesday a Friday and a Sunday Um, and I dreaded my Sunday shifts every second week because the roster rotated. I was there every week, Um, but the rest of the team kind of was on a fortnightly roster, and so every fortnight was horrible because I wasn't working with the group of people that I really, really enjoyed. But the other Sunday, it was fantastic. We'd have so much fun. We'd always get more done, and so our manager would be 
more impressed with us. Um, but we would like eat chocolate and <laughs> like we'd be laughing for the entire 10 hour shift. Whereas the other one, 10 hours would drag for so long. So you're like, so done with this me. Friendships are the things that keep you sane in like shitty workplaces. 100%. Just in general, in life. In life. The interesting thing though is workplace friendships. I've heard, like, so I've got a couple of friends who have workplace friends, but they're just, they don't, they're not friends outside of the workplace. Yeah. I think what the interesting thing is, so uh, I had, I developed like the scale when through my thesis as well of friendship in the workplace and how it grew. And essentially it kind of starts from like acquaintance, like, you know, you know, you see them, you're friendly to them. Then you become friends and you're like, you know, you talk regularly. Um, and then it gets a bit more personal and then you're talking about more things outside of the workplace. And then that friendship evolves to the point where it is just works just in a small component of your friendship. Yeah. And I think that the people who are like, oh, you know, I don't like I like them at work, but I don't really want to hang out with them outside of work because all I want to talk about is work Mm. is that's fine because they still support you. But and that doesn't mean that they're going to contribute less to your happiness and engagement at work. It's that people like you have a friend outside of that as well who then contributes to your overall life opposed to just a small component which is the work component it is really hard to make friends though when you're older yeah like we talked about friendships in the previous episode it's like along my journey i've just kind of like plucked one here and there (laughs) like i'll take you i'll take you (laughs) i'll keep you and i'll shove you to the side (laughs) yeah there are a couple like that and yeah, I think they all contribute a component to your life, but it's when they grow out of being a workplace friend to a friend that, like, it doesn't make it better or worse or anything like that, but I think it does just boost your support network. Yeah. It is nice to have someone to talk to that isn't just focused on work. Totally. Like, f- fair if that's the only thing that's connecting you but if that's the only thing you have in common um like you shouldn't expect that that friendship will last if you move to a different workplace so key takeaways get a calendar use it (laughs) (laughs) don't just buy a calendar and sit it there i mean it'll look Look pretty. I'll get one of those fireman calendars. Ooh, Boom. That'll help you work well. Well, what? You reckon? I it might distract you. You oh, just yeah. be like, whoa. Abs. So many whoa. abs. <laughs> oh, you could get ones with firemen and dogs. That'd be way distracting. I'd be like, puppy. Bro, you wouldn't get any work done. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so get a calendar that is neutral. <laughs> <laughs> Plain colors. <laughs> Plain colors. And then use it. Uh, let's call it a day. Let's play some music. Okay, bye. See you guys next week. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) To say public sector. Public sector. Sector. Sector.
<laughs> yeah, that's not how you pronounce it. <laughs> Help me. Open to interpretation. <laughs> Oh, she's so capable. She can just do finance. Like, holy shit, I've just learned how to open zero. <laughs> I've only learned how to spell zero. <laughs> you know? No, that's a, that's a lie. It's so easy. X-E-R-O. <laughs> for, for those of you listening. <laughs> for anyone wondering. <laughs> I do understand. I totally get you. I relate, bro. Let me help you. Let's work <laughs> together. Listen to Overwork Podcast. <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> We're now on Spotify and Google Play as well. Yay! Woo! <laughs>